Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Welcome back to another episode of Pretend World's Real People. I am Stephanie. Great Scott! Um, I am Tyler, and that was a horrible Christopher Lloyd impression. Uh, that was like little but it was little John. very poignant to today's episode yes yes uh very 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 poignant uh yeah before we introduce who who we uh who we have let's let's i feel like i only talk to you once a week so i, I know see, it's weird see how your week's going before we get statted oh it's been fine the last week is uh i just didn't do a whole ton i pretty much finished my apartment and um waiting on one more piece of furniture and then just trying to enjoy my last week of time free before I, I jump into rehearsals next week so yeah. um it's been it's been weird it's weird at night cuz i'm just i'm all by myself and i you know i i much prefer having another person around or to to watch a movie with or talk yeah. to but um, it's fine. I finished my rewatch of Letterkenny and I just finished <laughs> the newest season of uh, Big Mouth. So, you know, oh. just kind of getting through. How was it? <sighs> oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just getting it's getting. It, the awkwardness is less funny now and more just like mm. this is a weird cartoon about Queens going through puberty and I just there's a lot that it makes me uncomfortable as a 30 something adult <laughs> yeah had we watched it as you know 14 you know right. 13 14 year olds it's different but yeah it I don't know I I'll, I'll give it a shot I'm still halfway yeah. through not halfway I think I'm four episodes into you season three and <gasps> I'm just like okay. Well, I I do I the, the show just makes me anxious every time I watch it, but it's so good. Uh, it's so good. Hey, uh, Penn or Victoria, if you're listening to this podcast for some reason, we'd love to talk to you. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? <laughs> I do love the clips that have been going around Instagram lately of like Penn's interview about filming the the scenes in the show where he's doing a voiceover so oh, like yeah. the actual filming he's just staring quietly at his co <laughs> you know his cast members and stuff and like there's no <laughs> <laughs> like how awkward that is to film well i saw he started doing that for his tiktok fans uh-huh <laughs> that, that was so cool but also, like, that's what you guys want to hear. Okay, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little too close. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this. Well, how week... are you doing? Oh shoot! Oh yeah, um, I, I blacked out for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. I uh, I've had a talk with my my other my other half, Patrice, for the last like week or two about wanting to find a stable job and getting kind of sick of the service industry and everything it's doing because I'm not even working full-time. So that brought me down a little bit seeing my paychecks and not getting a whole lot of gigs. But the closer I, I've become to, uh, uh, you know, possibly being somebody who's working a marketing job for a company I won't mention, 
you know, as the interviews go along and as more as they're like, Hey, we, we love what you want to do. Let's bring you in for another one. Every interview and every call or not call back every call I get from them. I get another audition or I get an email from my agent uh-huh. or I get a call back for, you know, it's a, an industrial that pays a pretty good amount of money for it not being, right. you know, unionized. And it's really, <laughs> it's twisting my, my brain. And I think it's just the universe saying like, Hey, you know what, this is what you're meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. So sacrifice whatever you need to do because you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, if you decided you just wanted to teach full time and then all of your stage managing connections came to you and were like, Hey, we need mm-hmm. you. You know, it's even if you don't get, you know, as an actor, if, if I don't get most of those jobs, I'm getting auditions out of freaking nowhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really struggling uh, internally. Would with you that. not, would you really have to stop? auditioning and and doing stuff if you took this full-time gig I mean I think I could audition but Mm -hmm. you know it it just comes to hey most of these industrial shoots are during the week got it and uh the bigger shoots that shoot in New Mexico are weekend into the week and Mm -hmm. that just wouldn't work for vacation purposes so I don't know I (laughs) it's it's been really really odd uh it went from a disheartening month acting wise to mm-hmm. oh well i i feel very confident in and who i am as a performer i know i can do this uh i'll audition for them next thing you know you get a gig and it's just like what what the heck is happening mm-hmm. uh so that's why talking to our guest this week really helped me at least for the last part of it i mean the whole thing was great but she had a few amazing things to say towards the end of the episode that really just hit me, especially. So I thought, okay, that is incredibly important. I'm going to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the guest we have today is somebody that I've been, uh, you know, I reached out to many members of this cast and I reached out to her because I, the character she plays in this uh, musical is my favorite character in the film it's based on, which is Back I didn't to the Future. know that. Yeah, I, I love Lorraine. I think she's just, especially the older version before he goes back yeah. in time and she's just, ah, I think yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. Leah Thompson is just, she's incomparable in that film. And I, you know, it doesn't hurt that I had a huge crush on Leah Thompson when I was little, but uh, <laughs> I just think for her character and and the way uh, she's played through all the different timelines, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but this week's guest is Rosanna Highland, uh, or Rosie Highland, as she prefers to be called, and she is playing the musical version of Lorraine, uh, a character that's never been done before on stage. So we get to talk to her a lot about how she approached it and just really getting to know who she is as a person and how she brought that into the work itself. And it was a lot of fun. I think we had yeah, a blast talking awesome. to her. Yeah, she's oh, super absolutely. cool. Um, quick disclaimer, if you hear uh, <laughs> a dog barking or any sort of like construction work, uh, she lives in London. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll try and take that out and post as much as we can. But you know what? You guys love this podcast, so you're going to live with it. And it just goes to show that <laughs> we are trying to record any way we can. Uh, but she's just a complete joy to talk to. Can't wait to have her back. So without uh, further ado, let's introduce Rosie Highland. Miss Rosie, how are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm just so excited to be here. 
Yay, we're so excited to have you. We're like super po- <laughs> Steph is like full pearls right now because we have kind of a theater <laughs> theater performer. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I just I was thinking about it and like um I'm just so excited to hear about the West End. Um I I'm going to guess that you're American though. Um you born in the you just no, don't have a I mean everyone always guesses that and sometimes I forget myself but I am actually Australian. Um Australian. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow. a long time ago I was Australian but I'm I'm born in Australia my family's Australian but we left when I was 5 we're from Melbourne. Um, okay. And uh we ca- we moved to Hong Kong. We traveled around a lot. And uh I ended up doing my high school years in Taiwan at an American school there and that's I just picked up this American accent and it stuck and that's what I've been stuck with now and yeah I mean I I married a Canadian too I guess that doesn't that's kind of how like, long are you have you been in the UK 13 years <laughs> I'm like sometimes Dang. I'm a little British as well depends on what I'm talking like my mood <laughs> um, like a selective accent thing going on but yeah <laughs> I love that so you have you ever even lived in America ever or no. just this, nope, none of it. Just I've been, that. yeah, I've been. We've yeah. got family there now, and um, and stuff like that. And I've been a lot, but um, mostly to New York. But yeah, <laughs> no, I've never lived That's there. So fascinating. Yeah, that's a crazy. All I can think of is, uh, are, are you a fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Have you ever seen that? Oh, I love that show. Yeah. So all I could think of is the line of, you know, uh, Dimitri went to an elite international school, so he does not have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I know you come out of those schools with just like a weird mishmash, like international skewel, like it's all. You're <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that oh, just happened. Poster. So, oh no, it's good. We're good. We're just gonna hold it. Uh, so, Rosie, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners who you are and what you do, if we haven't spoiled it already. Uh, right. Well, uh, my name's Rosanna Highland. Everyone calls me Rosie. Um, and I'm an, a singer, actor, dancer. Well, no, that's a lie. I'm not. The dancing days are done. Dancing days are done. Okay. She's a strong mover now. There, <laughs> oh, I like that. Strong She's a strong mover. mover. <laughs> and um, I work in musical theater in London and um, very fortunately, uh, mostly in the West End. And currently I'm in... Uh, Back to the Future, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> Playing Lorraine Bing. How, I just, I love <laughs> that idea that there's a musical about one of the best movies of all time. And I'm so curious, because it just, it opened this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how long was that process to get it, get it onto the stage and to get it open? Well, it was at least a decade in the making before they got it to workshops and wow, we okay. workshopped it. Yeah, I mean, musicals, especially the big ones, the ones where there's like a lot at stake, you know, like there's a lot of money on the line. They take a lot, they're just so long. They're real labors of love. And, but we workshopped it for like a couple years on and off, not full-time obviously, but just yeah. like, sure. this, this year's workshop is happening for two weeks and then the next year, another couple of workshops. Um, and then we opened it, we, t- we opened in like out of town, quote unquote, in Manchester last year. 
in 2020 um, in like January. And uh, we just opened it. We just got it on its feet. We'd had like press night. (laughs) We all went into lockdown. We all lost our jobs on that. And um, it was looking pretty bleak there for a while, actually. We kind of weren't sure because Manchester was never supposed to run for long. We were supposed to go for maybe three months. And at the time, we kind of hoped we'd just get back to it. We kind of hoped it would be like two weeks, everyone just go home, we'll come back. And and then when we didn't get to reopen, it was like, okay, well, is that it for Back to the Future? But fortunately, um, we had, at that press night, we'd had enough sort of theater owners come in and see it. And we managed to get a West End venue and we, we managed to still get our transfer um and so we're at the Adelphi now we opened this year and and, amazing it's been I mean all in it's been like for some of us actors who've been on it since the beginning like three and a half years three years oh my god Mm. and that's feels very rare to me I mean I think about like you know uh the big one obviously being Hamilton and the number of people that were with it from the beginning but the amount of people that end up getting added to the the Broadway or the West End because, you know, it's higher stakes and you need to have the right talent and the producers want, you know. So I, I think that that must speak to your talent and uh, so highly, which is awesome. Like, I can't imagine. Had, what did you feel like? Was there a lot of changes over the past three and a half years in your in your mind? Or do you feel like it's pretty much yeah. the same? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like who comes and goes and when you're on a production for that long, um, watching how they make those decisions and hoping you just hang in there. And I was I was really lucky when I booked it. <laughs> I was really lucky because I booked it and that first work I did it. I, I managed to book it on like one audition. I sent a tape in and, um, oh, really? and it was just, I booked the workshop and then the workshop was like a two week long audition for the job basically. And, and at the end of that, they kind of were like, we want you, we're keeping you, please don't go off and do something else now. Um, so I kind of felt quietly confident that I was safe. And I think um, they just wanted people who were right for the parts. They re- There was a real sense of like, is this the right energy for this role? It wasn't even about ticking boxes in terms of like vocals and things like that. Although there is an element of that, but it was, they just were looking for the characters, I think. Um, and you just, it's just a, one of those right place, right time things. Um, but yeah, a lot, I mean, stuff changed. Sorry, that's my dog barking. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh totally there's, cool. There's people who got a dog during lockdown. So uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh, you hopped on um, that trend. Yeah. Oh, no. Sidebar. <laughs> um, um, yeah, stuff changed, but, you know, because we had, like, we had, like, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis and Alan Silvestri and all, all like, a lot of the original people, like, at the helm writing it. Um, and so whilst musical theater elements changed, the story's never, the story's always been, we want it to be back to the future. It has to be this story. Um, brought to life on stage. So it's still like, yeah, you know, that some changes have happened. Songs, song related stuff's changed, but at its core, it's always been the same. Yeah. Well, and that's incredible that they were involved in the entire sort of production of this musical. I thought maybe they 
went in for a consultancy meeting and then they just kind of ducked out. But did you have a chance to, I guess not work one-on-one, but did, were they involved in, you know, allowing you to fulfill the character of Lorraine as well? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, Bob, Bob's our writer. So he's been there as our Oracle in the room the whole time at every workshop, weighing in, giving us little rewrites and writing things around us and um, letting us bring our offerings. And like, <laughs> hey, Bob Gale, I think this would be funny. What do you think? And, you know, he's really generous and really, really open-minded and um, really, really cared a lot about making sure we adapt the characters appropriately for musicals, um, for a musical, um, and try, kind of like trying to allow us to bring our theatery expertise or whatever expertise we may have to that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty mental, isn't it? I mean, having Bob Gale just sitting there and like <laughs> making him laugh, and, yeah. And having Sylvester come in with like his, all of his like music writing kit. Like he's got this keyboard, he's got all these computers and he'll come in and he'll just like reorchestrate the car, the, the parking lot scene on the spot. Way. <laughs> According wow. to like how you guys are doing the punches and the choreography and the staging and he'll like reorchestrate things. And yeah, just- That's insane. I mean, totally buzzy and pinch, pinch me, it's, is this really happening? I've got like nerd goosebumps just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, me too. Because I grew up on the film. So it's like, it really feels like um, uh, sometimes a bit daunting and a bit too sacred. You don't want to touch it. You don't want to mess, mess it up, you know. Um, but when you've got them there, it doesn't, it feels like you're not going to put a foot wrong because you know if you do, they'll, Bob Gale will have something to say about it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what is it like? You know, I mean, the the movie is obviously not a musical. What what is it like? Kind of adding song to this very you know sci-fi high school time traveling movie that um, was so much about. I mean, it's a it's a funny movie, but it's not like a, a laugh out loud comedy kind of a thing. But very often I feel like musicals transform into these more comedic shows. Like what 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 was that like? And how does it how does it work? I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'm just going to try and get help with getting the dog to be quiet. No <laughs> Dear husband, help with Cosmo, please. <laughs> Um, what kind of dog is he? He's a miniature schnauzer. Ah. Um, yeah, he's uh, full of personality. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's barking at the guys next door doing work. Um. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I th it is laugh out loud. It's laugh out loud because partly because the writing for stage, you're able to do play with an audience in a different way that you're just not able to do with, with film. Um, and it's it's not not that it's interactive, but there's just the way jokes can land is completely different, and that the comedy has been tailored to that. Um, plus, we've got comedy heavyweight Roger Bart. <laughs> just like they gave him a really long leash with Doc Brown, and he kind of runs away with the show. Like it's uh, when he's on stage, it's absolutely the Roger Bart show, and it, he's. 
what he's done with that character is amazing. It's so, so funny. And he just has the audience in just peals of laughter. And, and so does Hugh Coles with, um, with George McFly. It's just, it's, it's, it's mega lols. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. You don't think of Back to the Future as being like a mega lols type. It's not like, it is a comedy. I, it is a comedy, but it's, it's not laugh out loud in that, in that sense all the time. But the show, I think our show has that. Yeah. So it, awesome. it seems somehow. like it. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's definitely, you know, you wouldn't think you would cast him as Doc Brown, but then seeing the promos for it, you go, oh, I totally get it. <laughs> totally yeah. get it. It's, br- it's a genius piece of casting. And yeah. what he does with it is just so, it's iconic in its own right. Cause you just think, how's anyone ever gonna fill Christopher Lloyd's shoes? He's iconic. Mm-hmm. And then Roger Bart comes in and it's a whole new creation. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. God. Speaking of Mr. Lloyd, has he co- like trying to take notes? You know? <laughs> <laughs> has Mr. Lloyd come to see the show? <laughs> he has, yeah, he has. Yeah, That's crazy. Awesome. Like, seeing the two of them together as well is kind of crazy. And I, yeah, I think he enjoyed it. And uh, he's like pretty quiet. <laughs> um, and like, I'm, a, you know, I'm a. <clears throat> quite British on the inside and so I'm I'm like too afraid to talk to people I haven't I haven't really gone up to him and been like what do you think of the show you know but (laughs) he likes it (laughs) Um, I'm very reserved so yeah I have got it from the the horse's mouth but I I think he's enjoyed the show that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) politely (laughs) yeah so so what is your because I um now, obviously, I'm not a, I'm not a theater performer. I'm just a, a, a film and TV actor. But I like hearing the the differences in approaches for you know filling a character, especially one that you know is almost forty years in the making. What is your process of like completely fulfilling the role of Lorraine? Like, what did you look at the film more? Were you thinking, oh, I'll go, I'll see what Bob Gale wants, and then kind of create my own sort of spin on it? What was your sort of approach to that character? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a journey. Uh, you're right. I think Lorraine in particular, she subtle a lot of like her, what you associate with her in terms of like her vocal choices and or her vocal quality. Um, she she's for a lot of it quite soft and um, soft spoken. Some of it, some of Lorraine has been hard to interpret for the stage. Put it that way. I, I found. Um, especially because like I'm a little I'm older I'm closer to the 47 year old Lorraine than I am <laughs> 17 like she's really long in the tooth to be playing 17 now so um <laughs> uh, you don't so look a been, day over 16 no. I'll swap it. <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah it's uh I feel like mutton dresses lamb going out there but uh, <laughs> uh yeah trying to like uh, trying to keep her young without doing like quote unquote young acting has been interesting and and um and taking what I can from the film it, it, I've been trying with Lorraine to make it a loving homage to the film and to do her justice because I want her to be familiar I want when you see her to go that's Lorraine you know um but for her to live and breathe properly 
in me um, mm -hmm. on stage and to bring some new life to it. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, and uh, uh, so, it, but it, it, a lot of it's just been trial and error. A, it, a lot of it has just been like, how far can I go with, um, you know, what interpreting moments from the film and kind of going, okay, maybe that was a little bit too far. And then just trying to go off on my own tangent and see what I can bring to it. And then maybe finding a middle ground. And um, luckily we had years. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, eventually found something that felt comfortable and, and like a middle ground for me. Yeah. But it, it, a lot of it wasn't logical. A lot of it was just obsessing over the film and then having to put the film down and go away and, do my own thing and that kind of thing. <laughs> Is this your first role where there was a predecessor to it, especially like such a popular one? You know, so so often when you're doing theater, um, I, especially I feel like on the West End or Broadway, it's like brand new stuff that um, was the creation of the playwright versus an adaptation of something else. Um, do you like, was this the first time you've kind of had to create a character based on a character? No, uh, well, if anything, it's the most uh, creative thing I've ever been able to do. It's the most ground up character I've ever been able to do because up until this point, I've usually done a Broadway transfer of a show that already existed or I've taken over a role that had already been played and mm. and you're always having to step into something that there's already an expectation there of what it needs to be and what it should be and sometimes it is a little bit nah, I don't want to say acting by numbers but like please fulfill these certain requirements for the role you know you must sing like this and you must you know tick these boxes and um and uh the art of finding what you bring to a role and the art of finding yourself in a role that's already been created is its own thing. And in musical theater, I think we all get very good at, do, at finding how much you can play with something <laughs> within the confines of what's already been created in the repertoire. Um, uh, and so this was the first time where, yes, Lorraine's been played before it's in the film, but it felt like it felt like creating a new character based on like a real person or based on mm. a historical figure as opposed, and it felt like creating my own character from scratch um, by comparison uh, to the other jobs I've done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, it, there was sort of no safety net of like, what did the girl before me do or how did she sing right. it? <laughs> Um, right. What vocal choices did she make or where did she get a laugh? Um, there was some moment, there are obviously some lines that you know, okay, this should be funny. And, you know, uh, um, we've got to deliver this moment in this way. But um, it kind of felt like it was up, up to me or down to me <laughs> to kind <laughs> of uh, decide what the musical theater version of Lorraine is going to be. And especially oh, awesome. knowing that this is definitely going to carry on into other runs, other countries, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're the, you know, the sole idol of every future performer that takes over that character. Does that, does that scare you That's at all? So weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <but I> mean, <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's true, but that's also why I wanted, uh, 
I mean, I did kind of think about that. And I thought that's why she's got to stand on her own as a strong music musical theater character in her own right. It, it can't be, even if I could do just a straight up Leah Thompson, which no one could ever do that anyway. Like she's just so, <laughs> uh, her own thing. She's so perfect as she is. And I could never hold a candle for that. So, but even if I could, you just want it to be, you'd want it to be its own thing. I think, you know, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. interesting looking at it from this point of view, because we've obviously grown up with the film. So there's yeah. a whole new generation now that will grow up with the musical, hopefully. So I wonder what that's going to do, you know, as far as comparisons, if there's any sort of, you know, uh, Edward versus Jacob conflicts, but it's just going to be <laughs> the musical against yeah. the film. Like what, have you heard anything about that? Or has someone come up and said, you know, I enjoyed the film, but I love the musical. Have you heard anything similar to that while uh, this has been running? Ooh, you know, I don't, so I have heard from some people that they've enjoyed the musical more. Um, certainly the the real like diehard fans, the, the very, very hardcore fans are all in. They're all in on it. Totally. Um, we, I think, uh, quite astutely, um, Bob Gale and 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 all the OGs made sure to include the fan club along the way with our workshops and made sure that um, people were invited to see some of the viewings and so that the because why else are we doing the musical if not for the fans right yeah. the whole idea is you know people had begged Bob for a fourth film and he'd always kind of gone, I'm never going to do that. And, uh, <laughs> but we'll do a musical because he, his whole thing I think is like when people are asking for another film, what they're really saying is we want to experience the first film for the first time again. You know, we want to see it for the first time again. And, and so to him, that's what the musical is there for. It's for fans to go and experience it again for the first time. And, uh, and I, I think that's what people are, getting out of it the whole, I think there's a sense of excitement and yeah. like freshness to it that it's kind of breathed some new life into the experience so especially if you're a fan there's a lot to get out of it it's um and yeah the people the people who show up and they're dressed up and they know the characters <laughs> already and there's they're so enthusiastic and it's like the biggest relief to know that those people are on board you know, and that we haven't alienated, <laughs> we haven't alienated anyone or disappointed anyone. Yeah, yeah. Without giving any spoilers, because um, you know, theater magic is so awesome. What because it's a it's a story that everyone already knows, so they they know what the outcome is. There's no you know surprises in that way. Do you feel like the show does a really good job uh, with? whatever magic it's is used to like awe the audience in a way that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's you awesome. can't you can't hear emphatic head nodding on a podcast yeah. but yeah <laughs> uh yeah I do I think it does I think uh uh let's just say I think you know just stay to the end <laughs> Oh, okay. It's quite a spectacle, I, I think. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, but having said that, you know, it's also a show that we've all like poured our hearts and souls into. There's a lot of 
love put into this show. It's got a lot of heart and there's some beautiful acting happening out there. I'm not speaking for myself, just the people, the people that I'm on stage with are incredible. And I just think it's a really nice double whammy of like incredible spectacle and brand new stuff that is being done on a special effects and animation level on stage um, combined with like some really delicious acting. It's nice, it's really, really nice. Um, so yeah, go, stay to the end. <laughs> Don't leave in the interval. <laughs> Listeners, we want you to imagine a very threatening stare. Uh, <laughs> you better stay. <laughs> I, Can you I, also? Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Here, no, it's you, good. you, you ask yours because mine's gonna go off to a tangent. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, that's what I figured, which is why I have one other thing. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what it's like being in a large theater, like the you know being on the West End, and um, what in what else your job involves off stage? You know, when you're not performing the role, but like quick changes and, and kind of like, what is the backstage life of an actor? Oof. Um, yeah, cause that's most of what we do <laughs> is just exist backstage. Um, on a show like this, that's very, very technical. Um, most of your life is about getting out of the way. Um, mm. It's a huge, huge, huge show in a tiny, tiny, tiny little old, very old theater. <clears throat> So not a lot of wing space, don't be in the way. There, the ography backstage of where to stand is all very specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't envy, especially on a show like this, the understudies and swings who have to go on. And yes, they may have been able to watch the show, but they, don't, they haven't seen what you're doing backstage. So they just have to trust that they're not gonna get in the way of a piece of automation or <laughs> like a flying piece of set or something. Um, it's, there's a lot going on. There's pieces of set being like foisted up into the flies and like, it just, there's not enough room for everything. So everything's hanging above your head and moving around. And um, So, you know, life is usually about getting back to your dressing room as quickly as possible, hydrating, um, <laughs> trying not to look at your phone. I put my phone on airplane mode during the show and I just, it's my time to just do my ting and, be, be in my little actor space and shut the world out. Um, so, um, you know, sometimes I'll just go and chat to another actor and hang out and be like, oh, the audience. So the audience are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> did you I hear that? No? Oh my God, you know, how flat was I? Was I really flat? Was it that bad? You know, oh, they hate me tonight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then just get back on stage again, make sure. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah, for, for something like this, it, it's so much technical stuff backstage. The, the stars of the show backstage are all the stage management and the crew and the automation and our sound guys and everything. And they're the head honchos. When you're, when you're not on stage, it's all about them and um, making sure they can do their thing. Um, and uh and you just have to try and not get in the way. <laughs> it sounds very, uh, I don't know. It, you, you know, you won't be 
stiff and sort of rigid backstage because you were constant. See, I'm just picturing you're constantly like crouching or you know moving out of the dodging. You know, <laughs> and sort of. Okay, I mean it's not. I mean it is like during maybe during tech and previews it was as chaotic as as I'm making it sound. Yeah. Now it's not. Now it's all calmed down. We all know what the show is and it's fine. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> sometimes there is a slight element of that but uh no it has to be safe obviously and, and not, it's not truly chaotic but um uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a little bit like a, a a military operation you know you just know oh, yeah. like when I come off stage I know I have to get out of the way and so I'll just do that I get out I go on I go and do my costume change and um sometimes that means a quick change over here with my dresser sometimes it means going mm -hmm. up Back to my dressing room and I, I change myself or whatever you know and um and it, a lot of it's just down to business you yeah know? yeah so yeah. I, I'm curious what got you into uh maybe not even musical theater but just theater and performance in general you know this is a podcast about arts and arts workers and how they came to be why they are you know it's it's just yeah. it's a very expansive question but but what what got you into this Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> great question, huge question actually. But I, th I think for me, it wasn't just one thing. I think it kind of was like a snowball effect of like, I did some ballet classes when I was two and I was a dancer and then I joined the choir and then I did some you know drama classes. But I think, you know, I always did it in school and I, but it wasn't, I think it wasn't until I did like our sixth grade production of Trial by Jury, Trial by Jury by Gilbert and Sullivan. I don't know if it rings any bells. Like a really, Not at all. <laughs> a little like bit, a little bit. That's the most, like, the first thing you'd think of for a bunch of sixth graders. It's like an operetta. <laughs> um, so like, what, I am a judge and a good judge too. It's all that. Um, but I loved it. I loved it. And I was playing, um, I was playing the counsel for the plaintiff, which is a lyric baritone role. Um, women can be lyric baritones too. Um, and I loved it. It was the first time where I was like, I had this really wordy song that I had to memorize with all these words that I didn't understand. And I had to get up there. My mom made me like a little lawyer's wig out of paper. And <laughs> I was adorable. And I, but I got up there and um, I had to hold a note for a very long time. And, and I remember working really hard on it, memorizing it, working on my comedy and getting out there and made some people laugh and I had all the parents and all the grown-ups kind of going oh isn't she funny and oh isn't you know and um and was like oh this is my thing oh I love this I love this and just wanting more of it and um uh I that to me is like this I'm sure I I'm stood on a stage before that in fact I know I, I did lots of stuff before that but for me that was the first time where I was like oh when you've got an audience in the palm of your hand and and you know you're smashing it that feeling i was like okay i'm hooked that's it that's my drug of choice forever now um <laughs> and i was just a theater kid forever after that yeah um just always did, you, did it in high school and yeah did you wow. pursue like a college education in it and stuff like that too or did, did I don't know how it all works when you're an international student <laughs> yeah well neither did I I mean <clears throat> yeah when I was like grow, going to high school in Taiwan and starting to think more seriously about okay uh am I really going to do this and um 
feeling as though the West End or Broadway or whatever was just so far away, so, so far away. How will I ever get there? I'm just here and I, I, you know, it was like the early 2000s as well. The internet wasn't what it was today. YouTube certainly wasn't there. And I just didn't know, I didn't have resources. And the only way I could conceive was just train, go to college, find the best college you can. Um, uh, at an American school, I, you know, obviously I was thinking about American colleges, but as an Australian couldn't really afford the international school fees. So I kind of mm. felt like, okay, Australia's, I gotta go back to Australia to train. And, and uh, I had this like really messed up attitude <laughs> of like, it's the best or it's nothing. <laughs> like, there's nothing. So I picked the two best schools in Australia to audition for. Didn't get into either of them, and of course, and um, uh, and ended up going to a fallback course. I ended up starting a double degree in dance and education, and um, uh, and just treading water until I could re-audition for either acting or for musical theater. I wasn't fussy about which. Yeah. And uh, and again, second year auditioning didn't get in, and uh, um, and then one of my dance teachers was like, "Do you know what? There's a school in Singapore, a university in Singapore that's handing out scholarships. They're taking teachers, some of the really top teachers from Australia, basically poaching them and taking them over. Um, why don't you?" just try. And actually at that point I was like, okay, I don't care so much where I go. I just want the training to be good. And if the faculty are good, who cares where the school is? And actually Singapore is closer to quote unquote home for me. So let's do that. And I got in and, and so I ended up getting a musical theater degree in Singapore. That's and, um, awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Loved it. It was brilliant and it was perfect for me. It ended up taking me straight to London and uh, it was just, that's how it was meant to be for me. Yeah. But I, you know, if you'd asked me in high school, I would have just been like, I don't know, I want to go to Juilliard. How do I get to Juilliard? I just want to go to Juilliard. At that, at that point in time, I just was, I couldn't have seen a way, any other way of getting there. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. Just had and to follow yeah, but you found you found your own way. Like that's the coolest yeah. part, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, I'm thrilled to be in London. I mean, I think if I'd gone to a really top school in Australia, I'd probably still be in Australia, and it, I'm sure it would have been great. But I'm so glad to be in London and working on the West End. That's it. We're, ended up working out even better than I could have imagined. So. There you go. Even if you think there's no way, you just never know. It might turn out even better than <laughs> anything you could have imagined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So ha have you been working pretty consistently since you graduated and, you know, flew out to London? Like, have you ever had to take a uh, a year off to work a, you know, a different job and just kind of oh, support yeah. yourself or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, when I first started the first few years, it was very consistent, you know, because I was swinging, understudying, and if you can be quite good at those things, then there's a lot of work for you. Um, but as soon as I started to play parts, I mean, uh, you know, I started trying to do the whole like, no, I play parts now, I don't want to go back to covering, and um, uh, I, I got some advice from a very wise leading lady who was like, okay, well, you want to play parts now? That's great. 
and you should, but it's going to mean working less and just be prepared for that. And that that's okay. It's, it's worth hanging out if for those big parts, if that's what you want to do. Um, <clears throat> and she was right. <laughs> I played <laughs> one part and then didn't work for a year, you know, and, uh, um, I was 30 at that point. Um, mm-hmm. so, and that, that was my first time really properly out of work. You know, I'd had a couple months here and there before that, but being 30 and really having to go and figure out what's my side hustle now. <laughs> That was hard. That was a really hard thing to learn at that age. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I have. I've done the temping and the teaching and all of that. And um, <clears throat> I learned how to knot wigs. That's been Ooh. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I haven't gotten to do a lot of it because it's quite time intensive and you kind of have to know you've got a month free. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I draw during lockdown. I started like a little illustri- illustrated stationery business on Etsy, and oh, cute. I like kind of creative things to do. But um, yeah, you know, I've, I've tried my hand at a bunch of things by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Everyone, it. I think most actors, we've all had to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have in the back of your uh, your mind like? if I couldn't be an actress, this is something else I'm interested in doing and pursuing and could potentially make a career out of, or like, has it always been the theater? And Uh, yeah, I mean, I sometimes try to make myself think about that and I'm like, okay, well, if I really had to, I could, and I would, and I would do, I would do it. It would be fine. Maybe I could imagine a better life for myself for all the like stuff that stresses me out about acting when I'm really mm-hmm. stressed out about, especially when for singers, sometimes being a singer is really stressful, especially when you're just expected to be a voice on a stick, you know? Um, and there have been times where I've gone, I should just run away and do something else. But then at the, I just keep like, uh, yeah, the it's so hard to answer that because there are, I suppose, I'll always, actually, you know what? Lockdown taught me that I actually am happy and can be happy doing something else. It taught me that. Um, and even when there's no prospect of other acting on the horizon, um, my day-to-day life, like quotidian life is great. I have a really happy life and I can be creative in other ways. Um, and actually it's comforting to know that, to kind of know that about myself now. Um, but I don't want, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I choose, just what I choose. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'll suffer a lot for it. <laughs> oh, totally. I give it up, yeah. I, know. I mean, isn't that something that that everybody before us mentioned at some point or another you have to find something that makes you happy that's not this and then you'll have a truly fruitful life because it's going to be a lot of pain (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. you know and it's funny isn't it because like it's a fine line between knowing how all in you have to be to kind of make this career tick along and work and you have to you do have to invest a lot you do have in in at certain points you just have to be all in 
Um, especially when you're training, you know, I think that kind of focus is for me was really necessary. Um, but you're right, it, it, having another, a few other strings to your bow, those are, the, those are the people who have a bit more balance in their life and they've got a side hustle that's really actually feeds them and is great and it doesn't drain them. And um, that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> Having a brilliant side hustle that you love, you know, you can wangle it, yeah. That doesn't yeah. involve drugs, right? <laughs> Dealing. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is, do you have a role in mind that like you've kind of always wanted a chance to perform or, or one that maybe really scares you that you couldn't ever picture yourself in? Um, ooh, ooh, no one's ever asked me that. Oh, um, well, in terms of dream roles, uh, I, I'd like to think that there's still like an Amalia Balish in me, like a She Loves Me vanilla ice cream moment. <laughs> Maybe I haven't <laughs> quite, quite aged out of that yet. And, or a baker's wife. Um, I mean, I, everyone says that, don't they? There's always a role in Into the Woods that everyone wants to play, but um, I, that would be, you know, something I'd, I'd love to try my hand at either of those. <clears throat> but um, I, I, actually having done Back to the Future now, I'm really hooked on creating something new. I want to do that again. I just want to do that again, just take something new and try and create something. Um, so it's sort of hard to say what the dream role is. It's, I feel like I don't know what it is yet. It'll just come along hopefully. Um, but roles that are like scary and intimidating, um, I have always sort of thought like one day if I can earn the gravitas, maybe I could be a Mama Rose, <laughs> you know, if I could Ooh. really get some grit going. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so, I mean, God, could you imagine playing a role like that? Could you imagine it just, you'd, uh, you'd just die happy. I think if you got to, if you could. For our, our listeners who have never heard of Mama Rose before, who is she? Oh, she's the ultimate stage mom from Gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's the, uh, she's the ultimate, uh, nightmare stage mom pushy stage mom but uh she's got um she's just very complicated and very um i don't know i just think it's a great role for yeah you know so someone who's older than 40 and not a lot of roles out there for in musical theater for older women oh really so, uh, i think right you know some I mean, I, I'm genuinely asking, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there's a few, there's a few, there's not none, but uh, um, I think it's probably maybe not dissimilar to film and television, although it's changing now, right? Like it's all changing now, but I think yeah. traditionally you get to a certain age and you kind of get put out. Yeah, it. I mean like, oh, no. or at least I feel like it's when you're not, um, you're not gonna be, the lead like you know you could be the fairy godmother in cinderella you could be 
Mrs. Lovett, you know, if you're doing like an older version and Sweeney Todd, you could, you know, there, there are those, the witch in, in, into the woods, maybe, yeah. you know, but like, you're not there. There's very few musical theater numbers or shows that an older woman is like the center of the yeah. story. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, yeah. that's bonkers. And like, and we've all, and we've just named like all of them. I would also like to pat myself on the back for knowing all of those because I'm probably one of the worst theater people ever. <laughs> like, no, no shows. So the fact that I knew those, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, like, a, just anyway, a beast of a role like that, something that yeah. is like absolutely out of my league that, um, you know, I'd love to think that one day I could earn my way into, if not that, a role as heavy duty as that, you know, something with that, that takes that level of commitment. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a, <laughs> I'm curious now because you know, you've been doing, uh, you know, musical theater and theater and I want to know, do you have a, a favorite party story that you could share with us? Something, uh, it could be, you know, the, the best performance, uh, you know, everything just lined up or it could be like, oh, everything went wrong that night, but here's a funny story about it. Like, do you have a, <laughs> a really crazy yeah, um, party story you could share with us? I could tell you about the time I thought uh, Jenna Russell was gonna die doing what she loved. Um, Jenna, <laughs> who I did um, town with, she was playing, Pennywise and I was playing Hope Cladwell and um, uh, I mean <laughs> okay uh, there's a scene how do I set the stage how do I set the scene um, in this scene <laughs> we're all on so the whole company are on stage it's a big production number everyone's singing it's operatic people are literally like you know like at the top of their lungs everything's going the revolve is going people are running around the stage Everyone's got knives out. It's dark, it's scary, it's high drama. And I am sitting on in the middle of the stage, bound and gagged, tied to a chair. Um, I'm stuck, I am singing, but I'm stuck to a chair. And Jenna Russell, <laughs> you know, first lady of musical theater in the UK, you know, she's, she's musical theater royalty. <laughs> And um, <clears throat> she comes around the revolve, she's playing Pennywise, so she's wearing wellies or uh, uh, gum boots or whatever, you know. Pain boots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and an apron, she's got this crazy makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing threatening acting, you know. And um, she comes around the revolve, she comes around down, the revolve takes her downstage center. And because it's urine town, there's water on the stage. There's, we've spilt water everywhere. And she takes a step forward and her welly slips and her feet go in the air and she goes head first into the front row. And I'm sitting in the middle of the stage. The music's going, everyone's singing. And I'm sitting there going, Wah! with like a gag in my mouth. I'm going, no, like Jenna's dead, basically. Like that was how Jenna died. <laughs> Good night, Jenna. And then, so I'm panicking. And then before I know it, the front row are looking down and she's jumped up. She does karate arms. <laughs> she does a whole bunch of karate chops. 
the music's still going. And she runs to the side of the stalls and she bursts through the stalls doors. She gets around backstage to the side of the stage and comes back onto the stage in time for her next line. And it's wow. like the audience had no idea that that wasn't meant to happen. So she fully fell off the front of the stage. And I, <laughs> and then like saved the meltdown about it until after the show. <laughs> but that woman, it was like the ultimate masterclass in professionalism or whatever, like show must go on-ism. Um, I've never seen anything like it. I was so sure the show, the show, I don't want to say the show should have stopped, but it's one of those moments where you expect the lights to go out and everyone to just uh, like stop, everyone walk off stage. You just, you think that's what should happen. And, and when that didn't happen and the show kept going and I, I just spent the rest of the show just like a bit beside myself and <laughs> in shock. I've just never seen anyone yeah. fall off the front of a stage head first. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd want to talk to that stage management team because I, I feel like that I would have stopped the show. <laughs> So I'm so curious, like if, if she just got up so much faster than they had time to react or what, but like, that's crazy to me. It's crazy. <laughs> and it was in this really high, it was in a song called, if you know musical theater, it was during a song called, um, we're not sorry, or I'm not sorry, or oh God, now I've messed it up. <laughs> we're not sorry. And it's really like, it's really intense number. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, anyway, that's my big dramatic story. And I just felt so, I, but I felt helpless because I was tied, literally stuck to a chair. Ah. There was nothing I could do. I lurched forward and the chair lurched forward. And I just was like, I can't help her. I think she might, she might have, I thought she'd broken a neck or, yeah. So that's my, that's my big party story, I suppose. <laughs> There's sort of too many. There's too, you know, live theater. There's always something that goes wrong. So oh, yeah. I can't remember them all. <laughs> it's the karate chops for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. Big karate chops. <laughs> it's great. She sold it. Yeah. Stop out. <laughs> Adrenaline surging. Out. She's... <laughs> oh my. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. So if you ever see Jenna Russell, just you just know she's an absolute legend. She's an absolute <laughs> legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet Lord. <laughs> um, we also always like to ask our listener or our, our guests, our listeners, um, uh, if you have a, like a piece of advice that you would offer to um, really anybody in the business, new, old, you know, don't know anything about it just it could even it could even be something less that's less advice but just something that you learned over time that has really helped you in your career and and or personal life and whatnot um oh yeah well um as someone who has faced a lot of crises of confidence crises of confidence mm-hmm. um I'd say dig as deep as dig as deep as you have to dig to find that confidence. You must believe in yourself. You must, must, must. Um, and you should, because um, everyone fails all the time. <laughs> A lot of acting is just mostly failing. 
that's okay, that's normal. Um, and the same goes for singing and auditioning and plugging away at things. Um, uh, you just have to keep hanging in there. And if you feel like um, there's something you're falling short on, just work on it. Don't be afraid to just face it, work on it, go for it. There's stuff in my career where I've gone, um, I thought I was, my career was over um, vocally at one point. And um, I just had to kind of go, you know what, if I don't face this, I'll be out of a, I'll be out of a job forever. And I had to just, I had to retrain. I've had to go back to the drawing board. I've had to go from scratch, get new technique, you know, really, really find new people who can help me get out of sticky spots in my career where I've just felt like I don't have the skills to do this and I have to adapt. And, um, and uh, it's not, you know, I've done that at 30, you know, I, I've had a career, the career's almost come to an end because of, you know, whatever singing things that I just was falling short on and just <clears throat> having to kind of go, I think I'm worth investing in still and I'm worth plugging away at and I'm worth keeping on working on this. And, and I've managed to find the people who can help me do that and actually facing the things that I've found really difficult and want to run away from, um, things that I'm scared to do like singing, funnily enough, <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's really helped it's actually ended up making me a lot stronger. Um, so yeah, if you're lacking confidence in something or there's something you think it's gonna get the better of you or there's something you can't do or you can't face, um, well, just kind of maybe believe in yourself that you can do it. <laughs> if I can do it, you sure can. <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe just kind of um, not being afraid to do some of the things that scare you too and, and do, line up the things for yourself that it's going to take to make those things feel okay and doable and um and and but it doesn't mean i guess yeah facing some of that hard stuff and finding the people who can help you do that yeah that was a really cack-handed way of answering that question <laughs> no it wasn't it was awesome i i feel like um, yeah not enough people kind of think about those things. It's more about like achieving that goal or, or, you know, if you can do this thing, but really it, it is important to be reminded of, of that confidence. Yeah, because, Cause I don't, I think you don't just like train and then that's it. I trained yeah. and now I go and have my career. I think here in the UK, that's a real, maybe in the States less so, but here that's very much something that I, a mentality people have is like, but I've trained already, so I don't need to train anymore. Where's my career. <laughs> and, um, uh, the truth is like you can get halfway through your career and you have to go back to the drawing board with your train you know sometimes you need to relearn stuff and you've got bad habits or you were just getting by on youth and muscularity or whatever it was and um be believing in your adaptability and and um I just keep getting hired to do stuff that I think is really, really hard and not in my wheelhouse. And I've just had to keep learning on the job and getting extra training to help me fulfill the roles that I keep getting hired to do. Um, so for me, it's just always been about trying to dig deep with the self-belief and, um, and find the people, the teachers, the tutors, the physios or whatever it is who are gonna help me get through it and give me the tools, yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's intrinsically based, you know, yeah. believing in yourself and having that focus, uh, you know, I, it is pretty prominent in the States to say like, Hey, I went to, I went to school or I did a feature film. Uh, so now 
the road is paved for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to keep. Well, I think you. You know, I don't know how we're doing for time, but. Um, oh I'm yeah, we're we're doing. We want to make sure we're not holding you up too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's the main <laughs> part. <laughs> no, but it's just that, like I always like. Uh, I'm not in the film world, but I've always looked at like, um, like very famous actors, and I've. It's always been my understanding that those people have an acting teacher who they go to or some kind of like an acting guru or some like they still train and in whatever way every now and then or they do things to prepare for their roles and um and and it's the same in musical theater you know most people have their singing coach that they still go to even if they're I don't know Audra McDonald or whoever that you know how <laughs> and um and so I've always just thought all right well I I I think I need to take a page out of that book yeah you know I need to try and do that for myself and find my team find my people even if I'm just little old me you know I think I'm worth it um yeah it's yeah you gotta you just gotta invest in your career that way you know um and not just assume that you're you can just ride off raw talent forever Um, yeah. you might not have as much of it as you think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that applies to 95% of the yes. community. <laughs> I mean, I say, I say you, meaning the royal you, as in including yes. myself, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> you have the right foundation but let's let's trim it up a little bit make sure yeah, that yeah. we keep this tree growing <laughs> and that's just it like you know that's kind of I was just thinking of that analogy too like you if you stop growing it means you're dead right like if mm-hmm. if you don't continue to nourish your talent, your plant, your whatever, like it's not, it's not going to flourish, you know? And so just because you did one thing once or, you know, 10 years ago, there's always evolution. So yeah, completely. And for the first few years of my career, I didn't do a lot of keep up with a lot of training. I just was too, I was really busy working actually. And I was doing fine. But then when I was things quietened down and I was going up for bigger parts and, and things like that, I realized I needed to really hone, I needed to be that much better if I wanted to book those roles and be as good as I needed to be to match the opportunities that I was starting to get. And um, and I started to realize that the more I just jumped in and did more training, the less scared I was to do it. It's just jumping off. It's just, you know, when it's been a while since you've been to, you know, at college and, you know, it's been a while since you trained. It can feel nervous and scary to get back in front of a teacher or a class or whatever. But um, but then once you're in the throes of it again, you kind of get addicted to the growing and discovering new stuff. And because like most of us just aren't working enough to be growing in that way all the time, just through work, you know? And um, And so that's why I think, even if it's just the odd singing lesson here and there, or just like, having a little bit of doing your own home practice or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, it really, I just think it makes all the difference. You hear that listeners? Keep doing it. Okay. Go class, do something. Go to a free workshop. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like what's the worst that can happen? It's like, it's uh, you just, you walk away and you go, and I didn't really learn anything. Oh, well, at least maybe you met someone cool or you learned by watching someone else or I don't know. Absolutely. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
that's it right there. <laughs> you will take something away from every experience you have. Yeah. Or maybe you walk away going, oh, maybe I'm more confident than I thought I was, or I'm better than I thought I was, or I'm actually, I don't know, who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's yeah. a benefit of taking a, a class that's meant mainly for like child actors. Like I totally crushed all of them. I, I, <laughs> this was, I am gifted. I yeah. I'm like, hey, you guys have so much learning to do. I picked you <laughs> all out. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> have you ever heard of enunciating anastasia hmm? uh, <laughs> i do extend obviously we were talking about back to the future of the musical uh but is there anything you'd like us to really promote or uh, shout out for this episode of the podcast uh in my life in my career for me yeah all, all of the above all of it <laughs> what can we um, shout out in your life um uh i don't uh, my whole life is back to the future musical How <laughs> I um no come and see back to the future it's amazing the people who are in it are amazing and um yeah if you're I mean, if you're able to get to the UK somehow, or if you're in the UK, guys, come and see the show. It's brilliant. And um, um, yeah, we're pouring our hearts and souls into it. It's just, every day is Christmas on that show for, for me. Um, so that's kind of all I'm about at the moment. <laughs> really Did you stop doing your, your, Etsy, your Etsy business? While yeah, you're... I kinda, yeah. It, it, was, it was great during lockdown and it's, um, I've put it all on pause for now because mm-hmm. I can't, I just can't, don't have the bandwidth for both at the moment. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, but uh, I don't know, maybe I'll start it back up again at some point, but yeah, no, I, I'm not going to plug it for now because right now- <laughs> That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah I mean this has been incredibly rewarding as an experience like I'm so glad we got you on this show we're gonna go into our our spiel uh to close out the show and then we have something fun for you at the very end uh Mm -hmm. but yeah I'll I'm gonna toss the the hat over to Steph so she can give the the brunt of her her spiel the beginning that I can do it um Listeners, thank you once again for joining us on this episode of BWRP Podcast. Um, uh, we love getting to do this. It's so fun. Um, Rosie, this was, I, I just, I really appreciate you joining us. Um, guys, please continue to share this podcast with your friends and family and random strangers on the street. Um, you know, I, if you think somebody will like it, let them know. Um, continue to like rate, review, subscribe, all of those things on all podcast platforms. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Even though I, yet again, I'm still terrible at the Twitter part. We, I I think I update that like every couple months. (laughs) So really Instagram and Facebook is is the big ones. Um, If you uh, want a, a little, what's the word, incentive, for um, writing us a nice review. Uh, We'd be happy to send you a free sticker. Um, If you do write us a review and just send us an email letting us know where that review was uh, written and uh, your email or your mailing address. So we'll send you a fun little PWRP sticker. Um, Tyler, 
Yes. Uh, and if you guys are somebody who's either starting out in the industry or you've been doing it for a while and you just want to share your story, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, just send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you in, I don't know, what's our what's our, our, our current window like? Three days? I feel like it's been, yeah, maybe <laughs> up to a week. And... <laughs> uh, unless you hit 88 miles per hour, then you can reach us a little right. bit earlier and then we'll get back to you like pronto. I'm a massive nerd. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we uh, love to close out this show with uh, something I think we all have experienced or tend to do in the arts community. We're all really bad at goodbyes with people we just met. Uh, so we love to do an awkward goodbye. Uh, essentially, Rosie, we're going to do a, a silent countdown, Wayne's World style. And then when I point to the camera, go for your most awkward verbal or nonverbal goodbye whatever you think mainly verbal i think that helps with the listeners uh, but if, podcast yeah if it's silence it just reminds everybody of college when you ask that person out and then like nothing happens so uh we'll go for the uh awkward goodbye in hey hey yeah okay yeah 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 <laughs>